testing testing okay we are live so this is the minimalist tech podcast and today uh i'm deciding which topic to talk about there's a few topics that i wanted to go over um at least one of them i think two of them actually have to do with mobile phones uh one of them is just sort of general minimalist phone usage in general, talking about which devices, like which device I currently use and why and how I have it set up. The other thing is specifically about this device called the Light Phone. And so maybe we can talk about all of those. Uh, there's another topic, but maybe I'll, I'll save that till later. So I, I think what we'll just talk about is like what are the current options for mobile phones for minimalists? for people who, even if you're not necessarily a minimalist, but you want to just limit your distraction from mobile phones, basically. Uh, And so I'll start with this, I guess, anecdote about growing up, we had three screens in my house. We had the main TV in the living room, which was a shared screen. We had uh, a computer that was also like the family computer, so it was a shared screen. And then I had, uh, at one point, at least later on, uh, my own screen, which I used to play video games in my room. So those are the three screens that I had growing up. And actually, uh, you know, for most of the childhood, it was like one screen. The computer became the second, and then the personal video game screen became the third. Um, I've been going through a, minimals, uh, a minimizing process, uh, specifically now surrounding like video games and screens. I just got rid of a ton of uh, video game consoles, and uh, I say a ton because it's like, you know, when you start minimizing, you start realizing how much stuff you have. Thought about some of the stuff, maybe it was in storage or whatever. Um, so the issue now is I, I went through and I counted how many screens that I have currently in, in my house, and it was shocking. Uh, the but the interesting part about it was I would consider them to be two categories of screens. One is we call it static um, screens, which are screens that stay in place. So those are the screens like the living room TV. So I have a TV, you could consider that like the living room TV. And, uh, and I also have another screen that my intention was to use it for retro gaming. Um, again, it's like a, a screen that's static. And then, then there's one for the computer. So it's basically the same amount of screens as, as I grew up with, right? Now, you could do things like you could combine the computer screen and the TV screen, that sort of thing, but um, that's not super shocking. That's kind of normal. But what's interesting is this this sort of explosion of amount of screens that we have came from this these mobile options. So we have cell phones, handheld video game consoles, watch screens. I do consider those screens as well. Uh, you know, iPad screens, that sort of thing. So, um, so, so actually, I have more 
mobile screens than I have static screens. And I think that you know, that can be, I guess, fairly common for folks, right? Or at least having the same amount. Like you have, if you have an iPhone, an iPad, and a mobile video game console, then now you've doubled the amount of screens that you have, right? So you could do tricky things like you can get a Nintendo Switch, and then technically that's just like a shared screen. Uh, but the, the other thing is that um, the other major change that happened was that not just mobile devices came around, but the mobile devices became, or didn't just become, they started out being personal devices. So instead of the thing like the shared TV in the living room, which you have to share time with other folks, the cell phone is a personal screen. It's yours 100%, right? You feel like ownership of it. Nobody else uses it. Uh, and so that's another key difference, I think, that what's happened in the last you know, 20 years. So we're just going to talk about phones today. Um, and right now, there's couple options right you basically have you can have an Apple device or you can have an Android device now there's a third option which is you could have a flip phone some people literally go back and get a flip phone and they get sick of having all these apps and notifications and they're just like screw it, I'm just gonna get a, a flip phone and there's one fourth category which is I'm the most interested in at the moment, uh, which is um, specifically a device called the Light Phone. It's the Light Phone 2. So let's first talk about the Android versus iOS. So I use Apple, and the reason that I do is because Apple has built into its operating system an application called Screen Time, which you can shut off the web browser, you can shut off the App Store, you can make it so you can't download apps, but you can delete apps. Uh, you can set downtime where your your phone turns off at a specific time, right? And you can do that on Apple device, any iOS device. So you can do it on, um, well, I guess technically it's iOS and then there's iPad OS. So you could do it on an iPhone, you can do it on an iPad, uh, and you can even do it on the newer versions of uh, Mac OS as well. So this is like the reason why I have an iPhone. So I recommend to anybody out there who's like, what are you talking about? I want to just, you know, have less distraction on my phone. Go into your, if you have an iPhone, go into settings, look for screen time and go through those options. Set those options up. What's, uh, if you really want to kind of step your game up, I suppose, then you can create a passcode that locks um, whether you can make changes or not have someone else create that code for you. Like someone that maybe you see on a you know, non-frequent basis. Um, so whenever you need to make changes, you need that other person to put that pin in for you, um, which would stop you from going to the app store or going on the, you know, the web browser on your phone and, and that sort of thing. So that's where iOS is really, really useful for minimalists. The other thing that's quite interesting is if you go into settings on your iPhone, 
if you're listening along and if you go into uh, settings and then accessibility and then look for something called display and text size and if you scroll down a little bit you'll see something called color filters if you click on that and then just turn it on the first option is grayscale so what this does is it'll make everything on your phone just grayscale it takes all the colors out and you know all this psychology goes into what these you know why the notification is red well because you're gonna pay more attention to the red color that sort of thing so this takes out all the color and takes away some of that need to react to certain notifications and things like that so anyways iOS uh, right now number one minimalist device and I will argue with this with anybody uh, in extreme detail um, the second option is Android. Now Android has come out with a, this uh, feature, I can't remember the name of it, um, which gives you sort of reminders of like, hey, you've been using this app for X amount of hours, would you know, should you maybe turn it off? Um, the issue is there's no, it's like a kind, it's like, it's just kind of a suggestion. It's not really um, a hard line in the, in the sand where you can't get to the app store, right? And uh, there's, it's more like there's some kind of parental controls that you could technically set up that are, uh, that allow something similar. But my issue with Android has always been that uh, it's too easy to bypass, right? It's too easy to bypass these kind of things. So if I just know that it's a thing, I'm not going to say how to do it, but um, it's, it's easy to get around those uh, Android controls. And I would love to hear from somebody that if that's not the case anymore, but I would argue that it's, it is. So Android's like out, right? Because of that reason. So we have iPhone, we have flip phone. I'm not gonna go to a flip phone because text messaging is a thing, people do it, you know, it's kind of like, unless I'm gonna get rid of a phone completely and have no phone, which is an option, uh, I need some text messaging capabilities and with a flip phone you're doing that T9 texting which means you have to hit each button three times just to get a letter. I'm not doing that. Just not doing that. Um, it is an option. Um, the other thing about that is actually a lot of those flip phones have data plans. So technically even though the web browser is going to generally suck on a flip phone, you still have it. Like a lot of these flip, phone now, flip phones now you can get on Facebook and that sort of thing so it's like the flip phone for me, that's out. So there's really only two options. The third option would be having no phone at all. But the two options for phones are iPhone and then this thing called the light phone. And I've been looking at this for a while. Uh, I looked at the original light phone, which was uh, which didn't have text messages capability. Uh, the light phone two does have text messaging capability. So, and it's an e-ink display. So it has a lot of uh, promise and I'm right on the edge of purchasing the Light Phone 2 and making that my primary device. But I have some questions about it that I can't quite get answered. And I think it's because maybe the company that's making the Light Phone hasn't really answered these questions or at least they haven't answered them to me personally. Uh, I reached out to them and, and asked them some questions about this 
And so um, I, I may still try this option and try this device and see how it works. Um, their thing is that it's a very small phone, it's an e-ink display, it should have better battery life, um, and it does allow for calling and texting, and a couple other what they call tools. So I believe there's like a calculator and a couple other things. Um, but they're, they have what's basically, in, in this is all my opinion, but it's, it's essentially like they've created these, these tools that you can download to your device, which is basically, in my mind, it's like an app, right? You have the option to download certain apps to this light phone. Now, there's not a lot of apps. I think at this point there's like one app, but without having it, uh, I can't verify that. What I do know is I've seen that there is a podcast app that does exist for this, but it's like you have to get on, you have to log into a computer, to a web browser, to a website that Lightphone manages in order to add the podcast app. I'm just going to call it an app to the, the thing. They would call it a tool, I guess, um, to add the podcast app to the light phone you go to the website and you add it and then to add which podcast you want to subscribe to then you also have to do that on their dashboard on their website so you could argue that there's like some intentionality behind this like you can't just do all this stuff on your phone which is partly the idea uh, but it's also and because the light phone's kind of saying like you know encouraging you to have less screens because literally your phone is not necessarily a screen anymore it's a e-ink display so it doesn't have a it's not backlit um, it's not going to give you those colors people talk about there's certain colors at night that are not good for sleep and that sort of thing um, but uh, I'm a little bit torn about them developing these apps like they have on their website, they, they reference like tools, not feeds. And so there's tools that they are developing, like um, I think there's a taxi app that they have in development. Um, and there's also a music player in development. So I think I see things like, oh, and there's also something supposedly for directions, right? So I would definitely see like having a maps app that gives you directions as a useful tool. I totally believe that. Um, I think uh, also like the ability to call a taxi or call Uber, um, that would also be a really great useful tool. But when it comes to podcasts and music, I do see those as feeds. Uh, podcasts are, um, like as I know them, they use RSS feeds. Like that's a way where podcasts can get shared and you can get updates on podcasts. So the language on their website talking about not having feeds is a little bit in my opinion not accurate just because they are allowing certain feeds they're, they're saying like well we are allowing podcasts because we we want to give people a little bit more or like a little bit of uh, entertainment but I, I don't really uh, I don't know if I subscribe to that I like their tools not feeds concept I just don't think that they're adhering to their tools not feeds concept as closely as they think they are 
Um, like their podcast app and their music app are specifically, they're building them specifically for more intentionality, which I am very interested in. I'm very curious to see how these things function, but I don't know if it's really, um, if it's necessary for them to even worry about developing a music app or a podcast player, because if the purpose is to spend less time on screens and that sort of thing, you know, it seems like you don't need to worry about having a podcast app or a music app. Um, it seems like people who are not necessarily looking to escape or they're partially trying to escape or, uh, are thinking those are good ideas. Um, the main question I have is really like about this concept of whether or not the light phone is a companion phone. So there's a there's a category of devices like called companion phones where you keep your iPhone, right? Or you keep your Android phone, whatever that is, and then you have an additional phone that you use that can share the same phone number that you can take with you when you want. So you leave your iPhone uh, you know, at home or in the office, and then you take the light phone with you, and then you still have some capabilities, um, but you don't have the distractions that come with the you know full-fledged smartphone so if this is what the light phone's plan is to be a companion device i just want to know that that's what they're trying to do and i don't know a hundred percent that that's what they're trying to do like they're either like do they are they going for the light phone to be a phone that exists on its own right or do they want the light phone to be something that exists in conjunction with an iPhone? Like the whole, um, like if I'm going through the process of getting rid, getting rid of screens, the idea of me having to log into a dashboard in order to, to manage apps for my light phone seems counterintuitive, right? So, but I'm, I'm kind of, like I said, in use, I might be wrong about this, right? It may actually be such that it's uh, it creates enough space between what you're doing on your phone and what you're managing in their dashboard that it's you're more intentional with the phone itself. Um, and then I have to wonder, like if I was to, I, I can only add the podcast app from the Light Phone dashboard on a web browser. Can I remove? the podcast app from the light phone itself or do i actually have to go back to the light phone dashboard in order to remove the podcast app so the reason i bring this up maybe this is too specific and technical but the way i have uh, this iphone set up currently is that i cannot download new apps to my phone to my iphone but i can delete applications at any time and what this allows me to do is I can download all the apps that I feel like are useful to me and then at a certain point if any of those applications become distractions and I realize that I don't need them I can at that exact moment when I'm thinking about it I can delete them boom they're gone right it's not a whole hassle for me to delete the applications it is a hassle for me to add them in um, so it stops that those feeds from coming in 
right? And I can cut off the feeds at any point. So, so I'm really curious about how that's being developed, and I'm not really sure of the answer. Um, let me think about this. So, so I do, I do wonder about, and this is this is the issue. This is like I think the primary issue. When a device ships with all of its tools, all of its apps, right? Like it, it ships that way, you know what you're buying and you know what you're getting and that's it, right? Like it says, okay, well, we're making this phone. It has five apps on it. This is what the apps do. This is how it functions. Here's the price, have fun. Later on, if there's another version, a new version, then it'll say, okay, well, we have now we have these apps, and this is how much it costs, and this is how fast it is, and blah 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 blah. But with with uh, like the original Light Phone, you knew what you were gonna get, and it was what it was. With the with the Light Phone Two, they exist in this space where it's like, well, we're working on these other apps, but you we don't know when they're gonna be released. And we don't really know exactly how they're going to function because they're in development now. And so the phone that you purchase is no longer like the phone that in maybe in six months or in a year. Now, like for software development, like we're kind of used to this process for normal apps on smartphones because you get you go to the app store, you get you update your apps constantly. And when you're updating apps, like you have a certain expectation that things are going to change. You hope that they're going to change for the better. That doesn't always happen. Sometimes up apps update and it's really frustrating how they've changed. Um, and, you know, then that's why you have reviews. And then reviews go down and then, you know, people give negative reviews. And then developers, if they're good, they might respond to those. And they'll maybe realize that they've introduced a bug into the application or maybe they don't new users don't like the new interface or whatever right and uh, so this light phone 2 has put itself in that space of like okay we have this thing we're gonna keep working on it we're gonna keep updating it we're gonna keep adding tools but I'm not convinced that like I don't I just don't think that their verbiage is right with like they're adding they're saying they're adding tools, not feeds, but I'm seeing them adding apps that involve feeds. So, uh, so anyway, so so that's a, that's a, that's a, that's an overall issue, right? Like, I remember having uh, the original X, uh, the original Xbox One, and when if you bought the Xbox One early on they were telling you that one of the main features of the Xbox was that you could do picture in picture basically they called it like a snap feature or something so you could be playing a game on the majority of your screen and then on a small portion of your screen you could be listening to something on YouTube or uh, you could be watching Twitch or whatever right that was a feature that's why there was that's why someone may have bought that but later on with a software update they it removed that feature completely 
So the thing that you bought on the day one is no longer the same thing six months later, a year later, whatever. Whenever they introduce those software updates, like they're saying, well, we're doing this for the better, you know, for, for the maximum benefit of the platform. But what if you're a person who purchased that thing because you like that one feature that you no longer have no option of even keeping? Like they force you to, to remove it. Like if you want to get online, you have to update. So I worry about this with, with, this, with the light phone sort of how they're developing these quote-unquote tools um, but even with that being the case I mean it's still way less distracting than like an iPhone but the reason that I'm still using an iPhone is because tools that things that I feel like are useful tools are things like banking apps for example like if I need to check uh, a banking account or do a mobile deposit or um, things like uh, you know I, I can choose like I can pick and choose like what tools are useful for me personally and then I can just you know with using screen time I can shut that shut off any new apps coming in and then I have a, a phone that ends up being the tools that I need specifically for me so when I think about switching to a light phone it's like well they're picking and choosing which tools are useful and uh, and also requiring me to requiring me to use an additional screen in order to manage those tools so I, I don't know I'm, I'm really I'm on the fence like I'm like right there about like right about to purchase a light phone too and uh, and, I, and, and if I do that then I'll give a better review having actual hands-on experience with that device um, but I'm not 100% sold on it um, I think it's uh, and in again it goes back to like is it a companion device or is it a primary device I think they're trying to play both sides of people who might want to use this as the secondary phone right so they can leave their phone at home and then take this with them and still get calls and texts um, but also appeal to maybe the smaller amount of users who just want this as their primary phone. Uh, I would like them to draw a line in the sand of which side they're on. Like, are you a companion device or are you a standalone device? Because if you're a companion device, it seems to me like this little dashboard thing, the light phone dashboard, should be an app that's accessible on you know Android and iPhone right because then it's like okay I'm just you know I have to manage on my iPhone what podcasts I want to add and what music playlists that I want to add and then I just you know I, I add those and then I leave my iPhone at home and then I you know take my light phone and everything's fine but if it's a standalone device then I don't see the reason of having a dashboard and I don't particularly even see the reason why I would have to, to go to a browser to manage any of these tools. So this is just that like journey, I guess, of like looking for a minimalist phone. And at this point in time, the best option, in my opinion, is iPhone 
with screen time enabled. That's it. Um, but even that can get overwhelming just because uh, calls. I mean, I guess, the, like I said, the only other version, the only other option is like, like, you know, I've looked into the, the Linux phones. And so, which I didn't even talk about that yet, but um, there's Linux phones that are being developed and you can actually purchase. And I have one. Um, my experience with them so far is that they're very much like early builds. They're, they're still like in alpha or beta stage. Like they're not really ready for prime time yet. You know, they're not really ready to be used by a normal user. Like they're still kind of slow and glitchy and have, you know, they have a, they have a ways to go. They're getting there very quickly, I think. And they're very promising. Um, so that's, uh, I'm still going to continue to look into that as well, um, as a potential option, but, um, the, I'm trying, I'm trying to think there's, I think there's one, um, there's one more option that I have explored a little bit, which is taking an Android phone. And if you can put your own custom ROM on it, you basically install Android without it's something called GAPS, G-A-P-P-S. Um, and if you don't install those, then you don't install the Google Android uh, Play Store, the Google Play Store, and you don't install Android apps, the default ones. So that's an interesting potential option as well. Um, I wonder if I could do that with the Palm phone. Um, anyways, these are the kind of thoughts just about like, okay, how, do, how the heck do we get to a minimalist phone? So I think, you know, if I try the, the light phone, I will let you know how it goes. Um, hopefully this was useful and interesting. Thanks so much.